If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. But let me explain. It is free, people. They have creative tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm online to get started and you can thank me later. with Doc. This is your host, Doc. I hope all is well with you and yours. I am going to try my very best to do a more normal show this week. It's not going to be so George Floyd heavy, but we are going to deal with, we know how we got in this place, but what are we going to do to help the United States of America become a better place to live for each and every person who resides here. So let's start off with the bad news. The coronavirus cases have hit 6.7 million worldwide, 397,000 deaths. We have 1.9 million confirmed cases here in the U.S. and 110,000 deaths. Very sad situation. I'm hoping that we come out of this soon. I mean, I hope that a vaccination is created that allows us to uh, go about our normal lives and get from under these masks. Las Vegas reopened uh, Thursday night, or let's say Friday morning. I've been trying to check out YouTube videos to see how people are functioning. Some of the things that they said that they would do, they are not doing. In fact, I thought there was going to be partitions in between each and every slot machine or each slot machine moved over to an empty seat. And from the videos that I've seen so far, that is just not true. They had the partitions up against on the gaming tables. They have less seating at the gaming tables. I thought everybody was required to wear a mask coming inside the casinos. That's also not true. And you don't have to take my word for any of this. You can go online and check this stuff out for yourself. YouTube videos are out there. So that's easy to see. But I'm glad to see some former businesses are back. I would actually be in Vegas next week if things were normal. But I had to cancel that trip. I would have been arriving on Tuesday, the 11th, and actually staying. No, actually, I would have been going on Thursday, the 11th, and I would have been staying to the 16th, which is next, the following Tuesday. But there's always 2021. God willing. Now, I do want to talk about something very serious. And I did say that I wanted to talk about how we're going to make this place a better place. One of the things I would love for people to do, black people and white people, black people don't call police if you don't need police. Let's give them a break and let's take a break from them. But white people in general, there's been a habit in 2020, 2019 of weaponizing the police department. Please, under no circumstances, think about what you do before you call 911. If it is not an emergency, no one should be calling the police for mundane, foolish things. You should not be calling the police because somebody asks you to leash your dog or somebody's in a park or some little kid is riding a, a bike or a motorized car and you think they need a license. Let's be smart. That is the easiest thing that you could do to help society become better. De-weaponize the police if they do not need to be in a situation. Don't call them. Simple as that. So we come to find out that this Thomas Lane, one of the Minnesota Minneapolis police officers, this dude had several criminal convictions. He also had... Hey, who we got here? 
Good morning. This is Bones. Hey, Bones. What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much. Well, I'm talking about this Thomas Lane, one of the Minneapolis police officers who had criminal convictions and seven traffic violations on his record before he ever even became a police officer. How he passed the criminal background check is beyond me. I mean, that's just shoddy. That's shoddy uh, research. I cannot even believe it. And the reason I even bring this guy up is Bones is because I'm getting ready to put in paperwork in Virginia for a gun license in Virginia because they have the reciprocity laws that will allow me to carry in more states than I, I already can. Oh, mm-hmm. so I'm just taking advantage of a situation. Now I know I went this week. I got my passport photos. I went Friday. I got my fingerprints. And then I have to take the test again and then file the paperwork. And I know that they're going to run my prints and my information and Social Security through the FBI. I know they are. So I would figure that a police department must run it through the FBI also. How how could this even happen? True. I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. I remember when I, I went in the Navy, when I was in boot camp. They made us get a copy of our record if you have one. So I found out that I had actually jumped the turnstile when I was like 14 years old. And I had to go down to the courthouse and have it expunged from my record because I paid the ticket. Back then, the ticket could have been $15. Who knows what it was? But that was the only thing that I actually ever had on my criminal record was a jump of the turnstile in probably 1977. Actually been, uh, you know what? Some of those black kids could be good boys and actually survive in this world. I happen to be one of them. You know, I just happen to be one of them. And I was talking about, this is something maybe you could speak to, weaponizing the police. We had this Madison uh, Vivian. She calls the police on a woman in the park this week after we've already had the dude in the gym last week, we had the Amy Cooper situation, and I was saying how we just need one of the easiest things that we can do as a society to help each other is stop weaponizing the police officers. I think that is just a simple thing that we could do. Right, right. So what's your view? No, no, no. Um, it's supposed to come up with well, New York rather than Governor of New York wants to um, make that a, I think a felony and a fine uh, for making you're making a false report when you're calling well, you the know, police on these focused on uh, allegations. Yeah, you uh, you know what? Okay, a felony is kind of up there. But it should be a misdemeanor where you at least have to appear in front of a judge and pay a fine. First of all, you should have to pay for court costs. You should have to pay for time. You know, you're wasting a a patrol officers could be going to a legitimately emergency. 911 is not supposed to be a joke. It's supposed to be for emergencies. I mean, if we keep it to that, and I'm not just talking about white people, Bones. I'm talking about us, too. If you're having an argument with your mother because she ate the food that you left in the refrigerator, don't call the fucking police. Find a way to talk it out. We don't need to get them. Let's let's get them uninvolved a little so that they're not so involved in everything. Right now, they seem to be involved in everything. They won't give me a chicken sandwich. You know? Yeah, sure. Burger King didn't put pickles on my fucking burger. You call the cops. Stop it. Take a break. Give them a break. Domestic situations, they all tell us, are some of the most dangerous situations for a police officer. So why put them in it and why put you involve yourself in that kind of nonsense? Yes. Now, I, yeah. I, I do have to ask you a question. What was your views on Blackout Tuesday? 
Well, um, I assume it didn't happen. <laughs> Blackout Tuesday, um, I saw it leaked, you know, about this is what was supposed to happen. I guess that was make your post black and then don't comment on Facebook. Um, for me, the only thing that's going to be that gets the message is boycott, you know, an effective boycott on something gets people to start talking to you. Other than that, you know, those little things like that, that doesn't mean anything because that ain't affecting any money. But if you stop banking or you start, um, you know, boycotting certain sectors, businesses, even a transit system, then that'll, somebody will respond to you. Or somebody said to me the other day, what, you know, what your oppressor understands is destruction of property and violence. Now you have the attention. You can pray, you can sing, you can march. You know, that's that's controlled. You're not you're not you're not a you're not a threat to anybody. Hmm. That's the same Man. thing, you know, like with the so called peaceful protest. Protests in its origin are not peaceful. You know, but they keep throwing that out there, peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. But you know what I mean? That's just like the bully who's beating your ass every day. And you're gonna sing and march into him. He ain't paying you no mind until you punch him in the mouth. That's right. He will continue now you got his attention. in your pocket. Net. What's up, fellas? How are you, Net? Morning, brother. Everybody good. How's everybody else? All right. So I'm gonna ask you the same question I just asked Bones. What was your idea on Blackout Tuesday? thing I, I really think that came out of it was getting to see how, I guess, our culture can control things. Because if you looked at the Explore page on, like, Instagram, everything was black. So, like, if we could unite and come together as one for a, any specific cause, in the future, I always know, not for one thing, but for all things, I think it we could be able to Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? We could come together as a group. It's power in numbers, basically. Okay. Now, I definitely have a view on Blackout Tuesday. I did not, uh, I can't sit there and be a fraud. I did not partake. I thought that Blackout Tuesday should have been targeted to others. We don't need to learn Black Lives Matter. All you got to do is look in the mirror, and that person you see in the mirror, if you love them, you already know Black Lives Matter. But I do like the fact that a lot of people who are not African-American or black joined in. And, you know, unity in numbers, as you said, is a strong thing. And that's what scares, that's what scares the status quo, that a lot of outsiders are willing to side up with the cause. So I, I, I was not anti-Blackout Tuesday, but I, I thought that some people were saying things that didn't make sense to me, like take it as a day of reflection to learn about Black Lives Matter. You've been knowing that since the day you were born. So you didn't need you didn't need to reflect. Others needed to reflect that Black Lives Matter. And and because we're in the midst of a pandemic, financially, we didn't hurt a lot of businesses because a lot of major businesses are still not going as uh, normal. Shit, I, I can't speak for you two guys, but I'm not spending money like I was. I mean, shit, my mall's open, but they open so fucking late, I don't even bother going. You know? Now, I don't know if either one of you seen it, but Obama dressed the nation, and I definitely watched it. Did either one of you guys watch that? Yeah, I watched it. You bones? Okay, I don't know if bones is still with us or not. But uh I, I watched it. it. It was pleasant for me net to see somebody who could actually put full sentences together who made yeah. sense. I mean, by no stretch of the imagination, just because I'm black and Obama's black, am I gonna say he's his administration was perfect? But in a time like this, he would have spoke P 
peace at least to the nation. He would have comforted somebody. Exactly. He he would have never said looters get bullets. He would have never wanted armed armed National Guard and army at the White House for peaceful protest. He would have never done it. Remember a couple of years ago when they had the Charlottesville protest and he was like, oh, it's good people on both sides. Then they had the, the guy storming the um, the Capitol House in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. They come out against that. But as soon as when there's like a protest out to deal with black people, oh, everyone's looting. Uh, we got to clear the streets. We got to send in the military. I'm like... If you can't see that this guy has some form of racist, is some form of racist, then I don't know. You must have blinders on. Well, he is more than some form. He is a high-ranking member of the White Knights. I mean, high-ranking. We talking. This dude is a Grand Dragon or Grand Wizard or whatever the hell their name is, because he. And I'm going to congratulate the generals who said we don't have the national guard there we'll have these troops there but they will be disarmed because do you know what the optics of that would have looked like especially since i am so proud of the young people of america they showed their ass yesterday from fucking new york to california peaceful i mean philadelphia washington you name the state they didn't cause a ruckus. They just wanted to be seen and they just wanted to be heard. And it embarrassed him because he was like, look at this shit. I'm a coward. I'm acting like I'm an engineer. I'm telling people I'm inspecting a bunker. We know damn well you wasn't inspecting a bunker. You can't even spell the word bunker. How are you going to inspect one? Yeah. Then he builds this goddamn wall around the White House. Yeah, that so, was crazy. And so now, for once, we can't say that Trump's a liar. Trump did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to build a wall. He just didn't build it where he said he would. He wound up building the wall around himself. And I wish, I wish there was some way that he could stay trapped in there for the next couple of months. Shit, we don't even feed him. Fuck him. Turn off his lights, his water. You know, like they evict somebody, like... When a landlord wants to evict somebody, they turn off the lights, turn off the water, don't allow food delivery, no Amazon. Let his fucking ass sit in there. He's he's a piece of garbage at the highest level. I mean, he's garbage that's been at the dump for, you know, for years that just hasn't, for some reason or another, disintegrated yet. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't, under, I don't even understand how, the way he thinks. Yeah, but you want to know something? Net, this is the thing that gets me. There's so many of them that still think this way. We had this mayor. His name is James Stewart, right, from Temecula, California. He says he believes. Not, I'm going to quote him. His quote is, I don't believe any good person of color has ever been killed by police. See, when you got people who think like that, that's an insane statement. No good person of color. Yeah, they all deserve to die. Everybody who's ever been killed by a cop that's black deserved to die because they were bad people. That's insane. That, that, that's a crazy statement by somebody who's obviously a racist. What was his position, you said? Mayor. He is the mayor of oh, Temecula, no. California. Well, then you got this. Well, you know, Temecula is a very Hispanic city but there are come on it's california there's black people filtering all over so he's basically saying if his cops did something to a black person they deserved it see and this is what we're supposed to be trying to fix like the the man the man buffalo who got it wrong this week listen they assaulted that man the old man oh yeah that was horrible he's laying on the street with his head bleeding and cops are walking by. I mean, not even giving assistance. That's what we want to stop. We're not asking for favors. We just want the bullshit to end, no matter who it's happening to. 
And you would think you know? they know right now uh, tensions are high. Everyone's out with a f- camera. So for you to be blatantly doing that, what are you doing behind closed doors when no one's watching? Exactly. And this, the mayor of Buffalo is a black man who in this day and age, as sensitive as the subject is, is backing any form of police brutality. And it wasn't towards a black person. I believe that old man was a white guy or he could have been Hispanic. I really can't tell. But he called that him man. That man, Buffalo's a sellout. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's straight up and down. He's just a straight, he's just a straight sellout. And this this thing is him, them pushing that seventy five year old man as a thing of right and wrong, and they were wrong. Not only push him, you one guy goes to help him who pushed him who realized, oh, I done fucked up, and then the and the supervisor that appears pushes him along. Hey, nope, we, we and everybody else is like stepping over him. Like, come on, where's your humanity? If, if, if they was going, if they were going to get rid of the, you know, move the protesters along, he's seventy-five years old. They could have just grabbed him and pushed, and, and grabbed him and detained him, move, moving him to the side with no, you know, he's seventy-five years old. Two guys just yeah. moving right along to the side. Yeah, and he's out of the way. That was reprehensible. What they, what they did, and you can't even justify that to say that he was an agitator. Okay. If he was an ad, he, he he agitates, but he ain't the one who instigated. He wasn't the one who pushed himself down. Oh no! As the black, and, as like, the how black did he agitate, by just walking his direction. Yes, he's not. Right, and, that, and, that, and they have a problem now because fifty-seven of those police officers on that unit they resign of being in the unit. Come on, man! You you can't resign from being in a unit. You in the navy. You in the military. You special forces. Oh, you know what? I resign this spot. I just want to go back to being regular soldier. No, they should just go all the way. Be resign. Be fired because you <laughs> took an oath for the, the citizens of Buffalo. You know you didn't take a citizen an oath of yourself. And this guy's wrong. And that's and here we go. And then that's what the problem is. What we face today is because you want the regular citizen to follow the laws, but here you break laws and you don't. You can't um, discipline your own people and. And before I go, remember when you work for a company, you work, whatever company anybody works for, if you if you bring in bad press to the company, you're doing something that's uh, the, to mess up the brand. You, they they fire you. They get rid of you. But not no not, not police agencies. Not them. No, no. We're gonna. I'm gonna keep you. And I don't care if I, if I'm betraying the public trust. I'm going to keep you. Because I'm going to just justify the institution. No, you done fucked up the institution now because how can I trust it? Because you're supposed to enforce the laws with your own break laws and you can't, you can't police them. That is true. And, and once again, they try to tell us this foolishness. Don't believe our eyes. The shit's on video, but we didn't see what we saw. He tripped. Yeah. I mean, to lie, blatantly lie that he tripped. And see, somebody made a. I know you said you're getting ready to go, Bones, but somebody made a great. Observation. No, no, I'm still here. I just wanted to finish up my conversation. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, no problem. This Indian yep. comedian made a great observation about this. He says, "You know the old saying: one apple spoils the whole bunch." But it's not really. It's the one bad apple, but it's the twenty rotten apples who walk by and let the one bad apple get away with the shit. And that's all that was. And you know, dude, stop. It's just like I said last week. And you know what? I made that little comment and I put that one minute clip just saying that all it takes sometimes is for another officer to tell an officer to stop. And that shit wound up getting hundreds of views on Instagram. Just just common sense. That's that's what we lose here. We lose common sense. You got this Amy Atkinson, she's fucking pepper spraying. Black Lives Matter protesters who are peaceful, and she's Joe Citizen because they think they can do this type of thing. You know, let me yeah, just reach out of my car with my pepper spray and spray these kids in the face who are peaceful. And President Obama made a point this week. He said that, you know, the police also see themselves as warriors going into the community as warriors as opposed to them being guardians of the citizens that they are, you know, took an oath to. 
And that shit is true. You know, like warriors, like you actually like at war, like if you're in another country on foreign land, like you're a US citizen, you know. Where's your humanity here? You know, you're, that's, you're, you're a guardian. Hey, let me ask you a question, Bone. My bad. Go ahead. No, I'm finished. Maybe you could speak on this. There used to be, at least we thought that there used to be a law that stated that law enforcement officers were supposed to at least live on the boundaries of the community that they serve. Does that exist anymore? No. Well, no. And, and, and that's the reason why it doesn't exist, because the majority of the five boroughs is, is, is um, people of color. So what they've done is you can live in Rock, five counties, Rockland, Putnam, Westchester, Dutchess, Westchester. So you can live in those five counties. But now here you're talking, you're two hours away from the city in some places. Yeah, so, so it's not your normal life. Right. So, right. So, yeah, it's not your normal life. Like you way out in Long Island on the South Shore at the end of the Long Island Expressway or way upstate New York, like me, and you coming back to the city. And a lot of these guys, they have never, never encountered or been around black people. They see, them, they see us mm-hmm. on TV. So, and with that being said, how are you supposed to come back into a community now to police them and you don't know the vibe of the community? You don't know, yeah, you don't know, you don't know, you, you think that because you hear black and Spanish people yelling and laughing, yelling, I should say, but no, yelling is just, I should say being loud. That's normal for us, being loud, <laughs> you know, when family comes over and stuff like that, and you see your boy, and you loud. It's just like, it's normal. If it was quiet, you would be like, well, what's going on? No. Somebody died? Listen, that's like the penitentiary. When it's loud, that's normal. When it's quiet, you know, you know, shit is about to happen. Oh, so, yeah, something's about to go down. Something's about to go down. Listen, and um, they, and they keep that in because, like, you, what are you trying to say? Black people don't want to be firemen. Spanish people don't want to join the police force and stuff like that. So you know, they keep it like that because you know, when a fire department lost their lawsuit, you know, they found you know, of course, nepotism and whatnot, and. The same thing. The guys got crimes and this and whatever. They, but their father, their grandfather was on the force, and they just go, oh, my my son's coming through. Okay, don't worry about it. Yep. Don't worry about it. Got him. Uh, it's 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 a crazy situation. But you know what? I I, just, I had to ask you because I figured that you would know, and you definitely know better than me. I just remembered that that was like some old school rules that you had to live within a certain area to police a certain area. But I mean, that could have been, that could be antiquated laws that from 50 years ago. And I'm glad you right. straightened that out for me. And, and it's crazy got, because when they had, a, they had a big push, they had a push to make it residency laws where you just lived in the, um, in the borough. Hmm. Yes. And, and they was in an uproar, you know, the other side, because they know, you're not now you're going to know that it's going to be the way it's supposed to be you know the people who are the majority are going to be the ones that's going to be in employment and it's really crazy it's because um you can't be you you're not going to get no jobs like that like if you're not from the town like when you're going out to nassau and suffolk county and those five counties of you know upstate new york because they're going to look at you oh you you from jefferson avenue stuyvesant avenue, brooklyn new york you ain't one of us Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the way it's gonna go. Did they know what they, they, you, know, they know what they're doing. Either one of you gentlemen watch any of the George Floyd memorial. Nah, I can't I can't watch that. I just saw clips well, of Al Sharpton, you know, but you know, of course Al's a great orator. So, you know, I wasn't surprised seeing the clips of that, you know, how he's gonna get everybody all roused up and whatnot. That wasn't Nothing, uh, you know, surprising there. But, you know, of course, it's sad and everything, you know. Well, I actually watched it. And it was actually not, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't like you would think. It wasn't sad at all. Like, much like the Kobe one, they kept it light. Because they told funny Hmm. stories about him. And it wasn't very long. But I did 
take one thing away from it. I never heard Al talk like that. So I was kind of in shock, right? I didn't know that he had such a, a good speech in him. But oh, I did join yeah. <laughs> the uh, knee on my neck. I thought that that's classic. That's classic. Yes, he never yes, says yes. anything else for the rest of his life. Knee on my neck mm-hmm. is a classic. But yes. I did do something that caused me a lot of pain with the memorial. They ended it off like everybody does now. If you die tragically, you know, like Kobe gets the 24-8. They wanted everybody to stand up and just close your eyes for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And man, mm. eight minutes and 46 seconds is an eternity. And it took me mm. to some dark places about revisiting that video. And mm. that was the only thing. I was like, damn, I stood there. And I stood just like the acts. I said, okay, let me, I'm going to be a part of this. Let me be a part of this. Wow. Because naturally it was the celebrity presence and they got to be felt, but you know, that was no big deal. That was no big deal. And I mean, this thing seemed to be really quick. Like it seemed like it was over in an hour. So I was like, they didn't really want people breaking down and rolling on the floors. It wasn't that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, but when you think about the 846, man, and matter of fact, I changed like everything that I have has something now has 846 because that shit is embedded oh, okay, in my okay. brain. I cannot mm-hmm. get over because I've seen it, but standing there and feeling how long that time is, because we've talked well longer than 846, but we're flowing. We're, we're not... Uh, we're not being pressured. Nobody's trying to harm us. So 846 is nothing. So I said, you know what? I'm going to reflect on it like he asked me to do. And I I, I never want to spend 846 like that again. Wow. I, I, I know one thing that, you know, I, I'm going to go back a little bit to Blackout Tuesday. I've had so many people in my life or in the outskirts of my life that have been totally silenced about what's going on in the world. They have not mentioned pandemic. They have not mentioned Floyd. They have not mentioned protesters. I mean, it's though they live in a bubble, and I can't have those people in my world. I don't even want them to know what I think anymore. I cleaned out my Instagram. I just wipe people out. I don't give a yeah, fuck how they move. feel about it. I have a friend that, uh, well, I met them at work, of course, and one of my friends, and their whole, every Blackout Tuesday, they would just post the pictures of like having sipping wine on in the backyard of a Hamptons. I was like, oh, this is kind of tone deaf. Yeah, and I, I just couldn't. Not this week. This week, you know what? I kind of like lost my patience for those who are not at least socially active. Because one thing we have to say, Strange Talk with Doc, when we come together, Bones, Netboy, and Doc talk, we are talking about social issues. So we're not guilty of that crime. Even if we did nothing else, if we didn't say another word anywhere else, when we sit here and we talk, we talk about what's going on in the world. So that makes us a part of the social climate. At least we're talking about the social climate. And I have, like I said, I got regular people. And you know what? We got the pandemic. So these motherfuckers, I got actually had people posting pictures from three years ago at things. I'm like, you you crazy? How how do me and you don't even know each other? I'm not I'm not asking you to become Stokey Carmichael or Angela Davis. But I mean, goddamn you, you don't even uh one six million people worldwide gets a virus and you don't even say boo. So I can't believe that you think about you might just be a narcissist, you know, lack empathy. And I could do without that type of person. You know? I just had to I also had to one of my real good friends, I had to like she she works for um ICE, um, immigration customers enforcement. And this whole time, mind you she's a minority, this whole time she's posting Blue Lives Matter. All this other stuff, I was like, oh, I got to delete you out of my life. I was like, you are tone deaf. And you, I was like, you're not even working. You were suspended. And you still talking Blue Lives Matter? You're not even a cop. 
Yeah, you, you it's know sad. what? People have got the narrative wrong when they hear Black Lives Matter. They're taking exactly. it personal as though, like, my life doesn't matter. No, no, it's not about your life. We threw the lines here about what has happened here, you know, to black people from the time we hit the shores and until now. And then also, too, people of other, you know, people of color, you're a benefactor of what we, of the gains that we've made. And you're sitting there back on the fucking sidelines. Yeah, there's no sidelines right now. You know what? If we ask them to join our fight, then everybody that looks like us has to be in the fight. This is, you know what? Ned likes, Ned has said this this time, and he said it two shows ago, and I actually put that clip up. We can't do shit together. This is a one time that we could have a united front. A united front. Okay, we know we're going to have those bubble heads. Let's excuse the bubble heads. Let's excuse the Candace Owens. Those type of people, we know what they're about. We excuse them, but they're not the majority. They're the minority, a very teeny minority. But if we can't yes. even, you know what? No indig- The people who had no indignation, who showed no anger, I just said to myself, I don't want to really know you. If I only really know you on social media, I don't need you on my social media. Because I'm taking you as a reflection of me right now. And it ain't cool. It's Right now, it's not cool. Like, this dude caught, caught a lot of hell this week. And I really don't know what the initial reason why he caught hell. But I did love LL Cool J's little rap that he did. Oh, yeah, that was, can, that, that was pretty good. Can somebody tell me why was he catching hell and people were putting him on the coon train like a day before that, though? He, was, he asked a question. He, he basically asked, he was. He wondered what. I think I might misquote him, but he wondered what. What's the conversation in mixed households? Like if the, the, the your mom is white, the dad is black, and people took him to town for that. And I was. And he put. He posted another video after that. Like yo, what, he don't. I mean, it was like a fiery video. Like people are dumb. Like he can't. He's like I can't come up with a, a question that's deeper than the current topic happening right now, he's like, I want to personally know the conversation of what's going on in these households, the type of, um, what, what are they talking about or if the mom is white or vice versa and, the, and they have kids. You want to know that's something? That's all he said. Nat, I'm going to defend me and Bones right now. Last week, believe it or not, we did not hear LL's talk. We had the same conversation here. Remember <laughs> you guys have been dragged mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yes, we yes. We had the same yes. conversation. And not only that, we were asking, what is it like for them to have Trump co- conversations if one of them is a Trump supporter? And he went on sure, to explain yeah. that he has a family member who's in that situation. So, damn, we would have got dragged through the mud. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and you know what, again, yeah, and, and here we go again. People are, you find that one, the art of debate is dead, and people only want to talk about the things that they're comfortable and talking that's exactly, about. They don't want to talk about nothing that's uncomfortable. exactly what he said. Yeah. He said, we, why you know we have to stay on the first level? I can't take it to the second level and inquire. He said, you have, sometimes when we have these issues, you, we have to know all aspects of what's going on with everyone. It's not just oh, I think I'm going to be really upset what happened about George Floyd and we're going to keep the conversation about George George Floyd. I need to know, I want to take it a little deeper and figure out what is happening in these other whole households. What's the conversation? So I was like, for him to be dragged for that was crazy. Yeah, you know what? You just gave a, a good answer to the question is what can we do to make the U.S. a better place? Conversation, deep introspective conversation things that we are really inquisitive about i mean because if me and bones would have said that shit last week if we didn't really have interest in knowing what that subject would be like i if i remember correctly i said i wish i was a fly on the wall yes you did did say that just so i could hear i didn't make a point left or right of who was right or who was wrong because i don't know the conversation but I would love to just hear it because there has to be some kind of maybe 
if they're not on the same accord, there's going to be a debate. And debate is good. I think you get I think you get to some concrete answers through debate. Because agreeing doesn't work. If you just got people who agree all the time, you don't really solve no problems. You need to debate to find out what the hell is going on. Right, because yeah, you know, like that, you, you've been married over twenty years. I have also. Nat's been, you know, you you ain't gonna sit there and agree with everything your mate talks about, you know, because then that would be like you're just looking at yourself, you know, like you want. Yeah. That's almost like <laughs> checks and balances. When someone yeah, doesn't and, agree with you, they can say what they gotta say, and then you could be like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, and me, me, me and Ned had that conversation because I was talking about relationships on my anniversary, and I said that that shows to me that somebody's scared of the other one because <laughs> you, can't, you can't have a decent debate with your mate because shit, man, this should, there might mean. be there might be five hundred things that you don't have in accord. That's not count, discounting to the millions of things that you do have that you jointly agree on. Shit, my wife likes food, man. I wouldn't put it on my plate. And I and I eat I eat some things that she go, What kind of fucking animal are you? You know? I like my beef patties with believe it or not, I like a beef patty with mayonnaise on bread, like a sandwich. And cheese. And she's like, What the fuck is that? But then again, I won't eat okra. So, you know, just that's just the way of the world. Now, I Drew Brees was a big oh, course man. of My matter of fact. <laughs> I want to talk about the NFL. Let's start with the worst of the worst to me. Vic Fangio, who came out this week and said there is no racism in the NFL. Who said that? Uh-uh. Vic the Denver Broncos coach. That's exactly who we're talking about. Head coach of Denver Brock, he said there is no racism whatsoever. And if the uh, NFL, no that's right, if the NFL was the country, we'd be in great shape. Oh, so we'll basically be like the country, all black, all white leaders. We think I got one, two, uh, four black head coaches? Three. You gave them too it's much that. credit. And then one <laughs> president of uh, the team? There are two GMs, no owners, three head coaches. And let's not forget, just four years ago, we still had to fight to get young black quarterbacks to start for teams. Yeah. Don't forget, four years ago, they were saying, you know, Lamar Jackson's too stupid. This one can't do it. So, you know, okay. So, even, so we all agree. Go ahead, Bones. Oh, I was going to say even Patrick Mahomes, you know, in that draft, him and Mitchell Trubisky were drafted in that draft, and Trubisky was drafted higher than him, I think. But he was like the fifth or sixth pick. Yeah, and Trubisky wasn't making a lot of noise. And I'm in North Carolina. Trust me when I tell you, he wasn't making a lot of noise down here at all. We was like, what? So you had Vic Fangio. Then you had Roger Cadell came out with a weak ass, weak, weak, weak statement from the NFL. Their official original statement, weak. Then the players get together and they do this. I loved it, personally. The players, what if it was me video? Mm. So then Roger Cadell comes back with a much better statement because at least he had to use the term Black Lives Matter and that they would not in any way, shape, or form come down on any players who choose to protest in any way they see fit. So I kind of dug that. But see, they always and have to get a correction. Always has to be a correction. Because yeah. everything is they we... try to suit. Instead of just going out and, and talking about black issues, they try to lump everything up as a society issue. So they're putting everyone in one bucket instead of just talking about the issue at hand. And I think mm-hmm. that's what causes a lot, of the, a lot of the problems. We just had that same situation at my job where the initial email that came out was, oh, you know, society could do better, blah, blah, blah. It was very generic. Then all of black associates on the job 
sent management this long email saying how weak their response was, and they listed ten things that they could do, and it actually opened the conversation for the job to come back out and say something that was much better, actually apologize for their initial email. And I was like, see, this is, it has to be someone sitting at the table that could let these people know how they should be responding and what they have to actually know. Someone at that table needs to know how it feels to, right now to be black in America. And if there's no one at that table, then you, you're always going to be tone deaf with your responses. That is true. And it goes back Absolutely. to what you said earlier again. Dialogue, the, the proper dialogue must actually, if somebody was there to debate with them initially about what they were going to send, then they could have straightened it out before it was done. Just like somebody needed to sit down with Drew Brees, and Drew Brees should have had dialogue with a black person before he did his initial weak-ass First of all, it was weak that he did it by email when he could have stood in front of a video camera at any time and spoke. But now, I was like, me. how tone deaf is he? When I was like, the, the cabinet issue happened, what, four years ago? Have you not been speaking to your teammates to realize that it wasn't about disrespecting the military or the flag? He didn't. He, he wants, That is a weak, weak, weak uh, rationale for shut up and dribble see that's how they go back to it shut up and dribble because you're disrespecting the country and you're disrespecting the flag and the first thing that i thought about and it was the same thing that a lot of other black people thought about what about my fucking grandfather what about my uncle yes. who fought you know what mm -hmm. you make it seem like the only people who ever defended this land were white people you forgot about that black guy who came home in uniform, sat down at a lunch counter as soon as he got back to his hometown, and he said, motherfucker, go around the back. Yep. So you forgot about him. You made, Your patriotism is only white. See, and I don't believe for a second that Drew Brees got it within a day. He cleaned it up, but did he get it? Did he have an epiphany overnight? In 24 hours? No, he did not. Because I no, still believe that he feels the way he feels. Yeah. He's they, yeah about you get an epiphany when it starts affecting your bank account. And I think he yeah. saw, like, oh, shit, this is going to affect my money. And he said that when thing he, four years ago. He, yeah, he, he, saw said, the, he said the same thing he four said years ago. four years ago. It's just that the landscape has changed right now. And yep. it's like how the politicians do. They ride the wave. Oh, shit, I got to get on this wave right here. Because this is the way the people were going. I'm not going to... Well, he's, he's definitely been consistent. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. When he heard that horror that people were protesting and they were saying, fuck Drew Brees, he was like, no, they didn't. I got I to gotta fix this. See, that's, that was his bottom dollar. That was his bottom yeah. line right there. He probably owns businesses in Louisiana. And he's going, man, these fucking people are not coming to my place. I'm no longer the favorite son. Sometimes right. if you don't know exactly what to say, I hate to say this. If you can't come up with the right things to say, sometimes the only thing is silence. And I know silence is not the way, but an uneducated view is worse than no view. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> the perfect way he could answer that question when the guy asked him about the flag is, and kneeling, just say I, I really either not answer the question, or or say just don't talk about the disrespect of the flag or the military. All he could say was, "Oh, I respect players protesting peacefully." That's it. Yeah, he you know what? An elaborate answer. There's this thing in this country. Everybody has seen it on every cop show, any crime movie. It's called pleading the fifth. You can plead the fifth unless you are given immunity to any question in this country. You know what? I don't want to even discuss that right now. I got bigger fish to fry. Let me talk about this over here. And if I'm not mistaken, this wasn't even a political show. This was a finance show. He was like on the finance network. Yep. <laughs> he really put his own foot directly square. He field gold his own ass. And that was pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, yes. you know, uh, 
the one who's looking like like a rose is Kaepernick because here we are, you know, we are four years later. You know how like normally you would say history will be kind to Colin Kaepernick. History came quick, you know, because now everybody's taking a knee and the NFL is like, oh, we made a mistake, even though he ain't never going to play in the league again, I believe, Colin Kaepernick. But, you know, at the end of the day, by him standing on what he believed in, you know, it's like you, it's, it's, um, he's on a chariot right now. Listen, if you ask me, and I had this conversation just this morning, so say less than an hour ago, Colin Kaepernick's best course of action is to not even put a thought in his mind of a uniform. Colin Kaepernick has right, elevated right. himself by being right mm-hmm. to activate right. activist status, and that's the wave he can ride. He has a name. Yes. He has recognition. He has a look. Matter of fact, don't even fucking cut your hair. Keep the big afro. It fucks with America's head. Keep it. Go out there. If you can wear black leather jackets when it's cool, wear them. Keep fucking with their heads. And you are a trusted voice because you wasn't wrong to begin with. You was never wrong from day one. Especially when he sat down and spoke to a military person and said, what should be my proper course of action? Because you want to know what really freaks me out about this whole situation. And if anybody thinks I'm lying, just go back to a tape. Uh, Beast Mode sat on his ass during the same period of time and nobody said a word about him. (laughs) He didn't kneel. He didn't straight up kneel. He sat down, and his mm. name never came in, and he's dreadlocked. And for some reason, the Middle Eastern-looking dude with the Afro pissed him off. Yes. But you you can look at the films. National Anthem's playing. This motherfucker eating Skittles and sitting on his ass, and he not giving two fucks. Not two. And his name never came up. Ed Reed's name came up. This one's name came up. But nobody ever said a word about beast mode. And I still want to know why the hell that, that is. But, you know, good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right about that because that happening not playing is just like, you know, how the player wins the championship and he, and he goes and he retires that year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, walk off into the sunset from the NFL. There is, I mean, the Colin Kaepernick Foundation will be huge. It will be funded. He could he could travel around, meet you know, you always need people at what you call the grassroots grassroots level. He could be the yeah. leader, one of the leaders at the grass. And matter of fact, I have this is the one thing that I have to say that really and I don't know why anybody did not catch this. And correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. When Drew Brees came out with his original statement, he made one statement in there that made me irate. And I'm quoting him. I recognize that I'm part of the solution and I can be a leader for the black community in this movement. And to me, that came off as such a white supremacist. Uh, I'm better than you. When did we ever need white leaders in black movements? Hmm. How dare he? And, and if you don't believe I'm telling you the truth, go back to Drew Brees' statements. They're everywhere. I recognize I could be part of the solution. We accept that. We do not accept that you can be a leader for the black community. You have never even lived or experienced what the black community is about. So how could you be a leader as an outsider for these people who are inside? You can be part of the conversation, but that's it. Yeah. You know what? I will work with leadership in the black community in this movement. Who the fuck wrote this? His PR person. He should be, he should be still going that person. I mean, this is you not know, a statement him, coming from a guy from Purdue University. It really isn't. Who proofread this shit? For him with that, um, you know, coming out with his response, but he sure was quick to uh, rebuke Trump. Like, oh, no, you ain't yeah. dragging me down yeah. this. I'm not going down with you, buddy. Listen. I'm going to make this clear. I'll make this clear, guys. I'm not hating on Drew. I have enjoyed Drew Brees' career. I'm not going to be one of those guys all of a sudden turning their back on Drew Brees. He, 
you know, I'm a Cowboy fan, but I love what Drew Brees has done. He's a Hall of mm-hmm. Famer, good football player. He made some fucked up steps this week. But I do applaud him for telling Trump, get the fuck out of here. You're not twisting my words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as dumb as you. And you will not use me as your narrative. See, because he was looking for people. <laughs> Trump this week was fishing for shit that didn't happen. He yes, wanted, yes, yes. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted a Communist Party Mussolini meets Hitler moment with armed guards facing off against unarmed people. He wanted that in his uh, library. Yep. And the, gov- the general said, go fuck yourself, lunatic. We are not mm-hmm. Man, do you know what that would look like to the world? The home of the brave, the land of the free. And look at what they're doing over there. They said, we can't have that. Now, we can have these dudes in uniforms, but the bayonets, this ain't 1960s, man. You can't have that view anymore. You can't have that look. No, not you know, at all. It's, it's just a bad look. Now, uh, look, even his, Will, uh, his picture with the Bible even came back to haunt him. Listen, first of all, he held the Bible backwards <laughs> and upside down. <laughs> the Bible, most Bibles, on the front of the Bible, it says Holy Bible. Holy he Bible. Held, <laughs> and you couldn't see no writing on the front of that book. And on top of it, his page turner was at the bottom, which meant. He had the book backwards and upside down. I am still shocked that he didn't fucking melt. God had his opportunity right then and there to just melt him. You know, like some old biblical <laughs> shit, but he didn't do it. You know, maybe he's much oh kinder. God, than it, much kinder and, than and with that fiasco with the protesters at the at the library, it's it's like about it's so many different stories coming out. He, he blamed Ball. He blamed the defense secretary. All of them are saying, no, 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 I, I didn't get a word. I didn't get the word. And then he, and then they say, oh, I didn't know that there was protesters out there. Like, oh, my yeah. God. I lied no, because, so much. Because he, like I was telling that right before you called in, because he is an engineer, uh, uh, a structural engineer, he was inspecting his bunker. And that's where his focus was. He was in oh, right, right. You know, a fucking guy who cannot even spell bunker if you gave him the B, the U, the N, and the K. I got to give props to the mayor of, uh, of D.C. who put the Black Lives Matter um, in big yellow paint, like in the stripper by the White House. And you mm. want to know something? Yeah. That not only do I appreciate that, and I appreciate you bringing that up, these that fucking mayor had that thing constantly painted yesterday. You know, as it was wearing down. <laughs> she was like, "Not this shit is not disappearing while this is going on." You know, they kept painting it. They had people painting that shit constantly. It was like you can wow. sacrifice the bottom of your sneakers for the sign to stay pristine. Hmm. Now, <laughs> Meek, that's great, right? Meek Mill came out with a song called Out the Other Side of America. I'm going to give me credit. It was the greatest thing I ever heard. No, but he was explaining some things to people who don't get an inside view all the time on what's going on, which rap has been doing for 100 years, it seemed like anyway. But I like that he put Trump's stupid-ass speech from what you got to lose, Black America, in the beginning. I want people to remember that when they go to the polls November 3rd. What do you have to lose? Let's see about everything. Just about everything. This guy gets reelected. What's what's going to happen? Really? Right. Yep. Now, this won't be so much for you, uh, Bones, but I got to ask... Net, have you listened to Joel Ortiz and King Crooked's new uh, CD, H-A-R-D? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was actually only like, it's only like eight tracks. I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it from front to back. And this young M.A. also came out with a new CD called Red Flu. Oh, I, I couldn't stand it. I, I uh, cannot recommend it. I thought it was garbage from beginning to end. I didn't know she was a trap house girl. I thought she just rapped. And 
you know, I'm no homophobe, but I, I, I don't really want to hear about a whole bunch of women and women, <laughs> other women's breasts in their mouths. And, and she seems to have a love affair with uh, cognac or some shit she drinks all the time. She mentioned it over and over and over. I, you know what? I don't mind lesbian chicks, but I don't want a chick acting harder than me. Like she could bust my ass. I'm just not with that kind of thing. And for you people that don't know, last night was UFC card. And um, Bruce Lee is on uh, 30 for 30 tonight, a documentary. And I recommend if you guys haven't seen it, watch this documentary called One Man in His Shoes. You know who that one man is. That's MJ and no shoes are Jordans. It gives you a breakdown of how they became the crimes and the murders that were committed over them that are still happening, unfortunately. I'm a Is big fan of Jordan. Already or it's coming out? It's, yeah, no. Jordan and the Shoes, actually, I watched that last week, but I didn't, you know, I was so caught up in George Floyd. That shit was, I think me and Bones talked almost a solid hour until I came up with the story of me cooking biscuits about George <laughs> Floyd. So I wanted to end on yeah. a lighter note. So I never got to, uh, to mention one man in his shoes. There's the Lance Armstrong uh, documentary, which I say is a must-see also. And if you That's don't... That's on ESPN, have, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, no, no, no. Viceland. Viceland. Oh, okay. You can actually... If you don't have the... If you don't have it on demand and you have Viceland, you just sign into their website and you can watch it there. I watched something called The Future wwe which was the florida championship wrestling story i'm a documentary head and if did you, you watch um this other one um i forgot what network it's on too i watched about dino bravo yes we uh that that's that what is that called dark side of the ring yeah dark side of the ring yes yes i watched all the dark side of the ring now man that was is, crazy this one it's a kind of little iffy for me to tell people to watch a show about cops right now. But there's this British television show called Bulletproof. And it's only 16 episodes, but it's outstanding. Two young black. I guess they're doing their version of a buddy TV cop show over there. But they're not like regular cops. They're federal agents. And I just thought it was interesting because you get to see different cultures. And just just in case you need something to binge, there's 14 hours of that. Well, I don't know if you got you guys got anything to close on, anything you've seen that we should be watching, anything you read, any music. This is the time for it. Well, I guess the only thing, well, not only thing, but um, baseball um, season. The players came back with 114 games. And the owners came back with 50 games. I think if it's 50 games, the, this, the season should just be over. Don't have a season if you're going to do 50. So, in other words, you're saying they're still just as confused as they were two days ago. Yeah, that's where they at. Oh, Players 114 man. games. Owners won 50 games. That is a big difference. I mean, that's double. Double plus. Yeah, they trying not yeah. to lose their money, all that money. Yeah, but we get basketball back. Uh, well, it's too early to even speak about that. I mean, shit, we're Wait, but how, uh, a month and a half. Basketball. How, if a season's going to end in October, did they say when a new season would start? And I'm guessing you the new what? season will be shortened? That's a good question because I'm still trying to figure out what are we going to do or if we're going to even have college. That's why I thought they should have made this a wash to save 2021 season. But I'm thinking that they're talking about December. But don't quote me on that. But I'm thinking they're thinking December to start off the next. Because think about it. They would have no training camp for rookies. Yep. I mean, and all summer leagues, most summer leagues are gone. Like down here, we have like, uh, you know, like in New York, they got the uh, West Indian Labor Day Festival. We have one. They already they already put out the cancel on that, and that's all the way in uh, August. Oh wow! So a lot of a lot of festivals are going to be canceled. I'm sure like EDC is going to be canceled because it seems like 
for five minutes, people forgot about the coronavirus. It's still out there. And it's still real. I mean, I still had a mask on when I went out Friday. You know? And I can't wait for that shit. I mean, I, I, I just want something called regular life back. I just want it. Damn. You know, next week I was supposed to be getting on a plane going to Vegas. That shit is not happening. I'm not ready for that. I, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just stay close to the breast through winter. See what happens. Wait, Vegas open now or no? They open Thursday, uh, Friday morning. Yes. Okay. Matter of fact, it's interesting. You can look up some videos on YouTube. They have some short ones. A lot of things that I said this earlier. Vegas said that they were gonna do. They lied. I thought there was gonna be partitions in between each seat. Not true. Only for the. Uh, card tables and dice tables but like the slot machines they still right next to each other seat by seat by seat i seen it yesterday people were going in the casinos no mask so and i thought it was mandatory that you wear a mask but not true my grocery store says it's mandatory i wear a mask but vegas said it's not so that doesn't even make sense that's crazy well gentlemen man i enjoyed you this was a great talk I'm glad it's a lot lighter than it was last week. I guess that has a lot to do with the week ending on a more peaceful note with the protesters yesterday. That's something we can lay a little bit easy because I'm sure none of us wanted to see any, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people injured by law enforcement yesterday because shit was out of control. So I'm, I'm very happy for that. But uh, this is Strange Talk with Doc, and we've been joined here by Netboy. We've been joined by Bones. Appreciate you. Come back again. Look me up on uh, your favorite search engine. Easy to find. Just put in Strange Talk with Doc. Gentlemen, you guys have a wonderful week. Have a good one, fellas. All right. Later. Peace. And like I like to say to you each and every time before I bail out, Peace to you and peace to yours.